I'm just like thinking more about how I would go about it just because like I need more experience myself if I want to become like a product designer and I'd probably I would have to go like do a program or something or a boot camp so I'm just kind of thinking now about like how could this person help me get there some people know exactly what they want to do after leaving college and for some of us it takes a few tries but if networking is so important to changing jobs how do you network early in your career before you've had the chance to develop those professional relationships? Hi, this is Diana Bernal O'Leary with another episode of Job Talk Weekly. We talk with Mimi in Los Angeles about her career change and how continuing education, mentoring, and building up those professional contacts can help her get to where she wants to go. Before we start, don't forget that if you'd like to have a conversation with us to tackle your career questions or job search, let us know. Visit JobTalkWeekly.com. Let's jump in. We are talking with Mimi in Los Angeles. Hi, Mimi. Welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Hi. Thanks so much for having me on. Excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you because your resume is so interesting. In big, bold letters on top, we see the words designer and researcher. So I think that's an interesting combination. So I want to go back to college, which is where you started your research work. What was your original career goal out of college? Well, you know, frankly, out of college, I was a little lost in what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, I had jumped from, I actually went first went to college for music. And then I jumped from there into international development and marketing um, and kind of went down the market, the marketing route just because um, I was living in L.A. and like there were a lot of opportunities in that field. So I had taken a class in market research um, in college and it was like, oh, this seems more interesting. I like that it's kind of like data driven. Um and it's I, I did like the research aspect of it. Um, and I did do a lot of research in college anyways. Um, oh, yeah. So I think that's kind of what made me go, go into it more. Um, and so I first worked uh, or I applied for market research positions um, outside of college uh, when I was trying to find like an office job. Yeah. Yeah. And so you did research for about two years, and then you switched over to design. So what happened there to make you switch? I was working um, at a place where I think the clients weren't that interesting to me. And I always, I started getting into design. I think I just, you know, honestly, like my, my partner is a really creative person, and he's very into art. And I think I've always been an artistic person at heart. Mm -hmm. and wanted to like explore that part of myself more and I I don't know like when I was making presentations or decks I really liked the design aspect of it and I was like hmm what if this is like a field I can get more into yeah what if this um, is a thing yeah exactly is. yeah exactly and I think like at that moment I was just like I don't know if research is for me maybe I should try something new um that's more visually fulfilled or creatively fulfilling and so that's kind of my thought process behind doing that well, then you took some really impressive design courses. I mean, you were at Otis, which is a leading college for art and design. So what was it like when you were taking new training? Did that further fuel your interest in this? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I had some really amazing instructors at Otis. I did extension courses. So mm-hmm. um, I was still like working at my job and then like after work going to classes um, and learning a lot, a lot about design fu- fundamentals, um, taking even like a drawing class just and doing some basic digital design courses. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, like I've always been someone who really enjoys learning about new subjects and areas and learning about design as a with fresh eyes was very interesting to me um and definitely encouraged me to keep going with it um so I had a yeah like a pretty good experience so this is all pre-covid before we it was online so I I enjoyed like going to class and having that experience of like learning again in person Yeah, and the extension class or any type of online class is actually such a great example also for other people who want to dip their toe in the water. You know, you didn't enroll Mm -hmm. in a four-year university program. You had just finished college. You were done with that. But this is a way to start testing the waters with programs that are less than a year. Sometimes they're only a matter of weeks. But, you know, it also reaffirms your decision. So I hope you thought that that was a worthwhile investment of time and money because it sounds like it really led you in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, it's a perfect way, like what you said, to dip your toe into a subject. If you don't like it, it's like, okay, you just took one course, you didn't dedicate four years to studying something completely new. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people are in the same boat. They're like career changers. And I think design and, and now like tech is it's just such a field that like anyone could get into if they really wanted to. Like there's so many resources out there online, and you don't even have to go to, you know, as recognized of like an art school is like Otis or Art Center or anything like that, you can literally go online and go to Coursera and take like a design fundamentals course if you really wanted to just to see if you like it. Yeah, I think that's actually a great idea for people who aren't sure. But don't also discount the benefit of what you did by, uh, you know, hitching your wagon to Otis, which is, you know, a nationally, internationally recognized school. So now you can take advantage of their career services. You know, you are an Otis grad, and that is going to get you far when you are applying for jobs. People will see that that certification that you enrolled at Otis. So I think it's smart to look at different options. Um, but you definitely have a strong one there. So so now that you've spent some time doing it, you've been in design for a little bit, you've taken different classes, where do you want to go next? I've kind of been considering um, going more into product design. Um, and the reason is I really enjoy research and visual design. And I think that having both of those things together um, in one role is kind of like what's for me. And I still really like visual design. Um, I think what's been rolling through my brain has been, you know, the stability of working in tech and also potentially working in civic tech, which is kind of aligned with like, I really want to work in social impact, potentially government. Yeah. And then I think product design is like my method of doing that. Oh, that's cool. That so what would sense. that look like? Yeah. What would that look like? Yeah. So I think it's, being a product designer, you do research, you create, um, you know, wireframes and prototypes based on that research for products that help government in some capacity. So an example I'm trying to think is maybe like a healthcare website or a healthcare tool to find um, the, the right insurance for you or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, you know, like things that 
directly impact people's lives um, in a positive way. And, you know, and government is a little bit behind in the digital space. And yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, I think for, we've seen that over the during last COVID, year. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's such a space that needs help. Um, and I think that's just like where the future is going in anyways. So yeah, that's, that's, I think that's what I've decided is like the space that I want to get into. Um, so now my next, my next train of thought is like, how do I get there? And like, what types of things do I need to be doing to achieve ah, that? Well, that is terrific, because that's where we want to do is we want to help you get there. So you've got some training that you've done quite recently around design. And you also do have this background of research. I do think that's a beautiful combination then that you've got that you can apply specifically towards product design. So whether you intended it to happen or not, but it, it sounds very intentional, whether you know it or not. So I think that's going to work for you. So do you know anyone, by the way, who does product design? Let's start there. <laughs> yeah, actually, I do. My sister is a product designer. Oh, hello. Okay. Um, well, this could be a very short episode then. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, who? I And I, I, I recently just... Um, I did a fellowship where I was in, in like interacting with a lot of product designers. Um, I was really lucky to talk with some product designers who work at like Facebook and Google and, mm-hmm. you know, like that space, but that's not necessarily what I want, where I want to be working, but, um, had some lovely, um, conversations around that. So yeah, I do, I do have an idea of, of people who are in that area. Well, it's good that you have a very close one. Let's start there, that you've got your sister, that you can talk to her. But you've got to also meet other people because she is going to give you her perception, her experience, which is valuable, but it is not the same as other people's. So you're going to want to continue to dig a little and talk to more people. So let's talk about the mentor um, program that you're a part of, this fellowship you got, and what type of opportunities that might give you. I mean, we had, so it was um, a fellowship um, called Made in the Future Fellowship, and it, it, it entailed of a three-day summit where we listened to a lot of really incredible speakers um, in the design space, and all of these speakers are actually mentors for the fellows, and out of the summit, after the summit, um, you get connected with a mentor who, you know, helps you kind of figure out your next steps and how to be um, the designer that you want to be. So I'm not at the stage where I've been matched with my mentor yet, but the experience was really amazing in the sense where you have an outlook onto just, yeah, a lot of information around working as a designer. Um, And the mission of the fellowship is for, it's for people who are typically not represented in design spaces and tech at large, um, people of color. So it was really wonderful to hear of resources and information that you don't typically hear um, and have professionals who are, you know, leaders in this space, like taking time out of their busy lives to connect and really help, um, you know, people who are early in their careers and need help. So, yeah. That's a terrific program. How much longer until you get matched up with a mentor? January, mid-January, we'll be matched up with a mentor. Great. And how many people roughly will you say, how many people would you say that you have met throughout this program, new people? Oh, yeah, a lot. Um, it's, it, you know, it's not, it wasn't like typical of experience where you're like, 
at a conference and you meet a lot of yeah. people face to face. It was a virtual summit, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, has its good goods and bads. But right. it was right. I mean, it was a space where you can, you know, message people. And I've already chatted with, you know, a few mentors and just wanted to, like, pick their brain about their experiences. And so, you know, like maybe 10 people. Oh, that's a great start. That's a great Mm -hmm. start. And don't forget, the people who are participating in this program came to provide mentorship. They want to hear from you. And I got to tell you, I've, I've spoken to college professors who often bring in guests to speak to the students. And sometimes the guests are blown away by the small number of students who actually follow up. So go ahead and take advantage of these connections. They're there for you. You know, go ahead and and start developing these relationships with people. And even 10 right now is a great start. I mean, if throughout this program you walk away with a dozen people, including this mentor, as you speak to them, they will keep introducing you to new people. So those 12 people will quickly become 36 people and 50 people. And so that's what you're going to want to do is keep building your network with this base group of other like-minded folks yeah totally I mean it's it's yeah it's truly building relationships is truly the most like important thing you can do for yourself and your career and yeah I'm still I'm still working on getting my abilities and like reaching out to people and it's it's yeah it's it's definitely a learning process but yeah I'm definitely serious about connecting as much as possible yeah to well this let- network So let's talk about the networking because it sounds easy on one hand that you're just connecting with people. But when it comes down to it, sometimes people get a little stuck because they don't know what to say or what to reach out for. So one thing that I recommend is that you start an actual network list. And this is even different than your job list. You know, so if you're applying for jobs, you're, of course, tracking them and you're saying, "Okay, I submitted my resume on this date and I'm going to follow up several days later and, and all the conversations that you're having with the open jobs, right? But you also want to keep track of the people you're trying to build your network with. So that way you can follow up with them. Let's say on January 5th, you make an introduction with someone via email. And if you haven't heard, you know, then you follow up uh, another week or so later. So you want to make a list of people who can be helpful and start tracking your communication. But first start to think, well, what do I really want from them? Because every person on that network list is going to provide something different. They're not all just going to open the door for jobs. Maybe someone is uh, a great candidate for an informational interview, right, where you just say, you know, I've I've made this career transition. And you can easily say, you know, you've already been doing design work for a while, so you're not a total newbie. You know, you say, I've been doing design work for the last year, and I'd like to transition into product design, and I was hoping to get 10 minutes of your time. You know, or with someone who's more specific, let's say someone does work at a company or a government agency that you're really passionate about. And you can say, I'm doing some design work. You know, can I talk to you 10 minutes about your company or other industry uh, companies that I could be talking to? That way you're not putting them on the spot entirely about their own company because they might say, well, we don't have any openings. But if you say other companies in your field, other places in the industry, then they can have a broader conversation with you. Yeah, definitely. That's really, those are all really helpful. Yeah. And when you use your connections, you know, try and be as concise as you can in that introductory email. First, try to find a connection. You know, the best introduction, like in your sister's case, let's, let's pick on her for a minute. And I hope you have a good relationship with your sister, by the way. 
Oh, yeah, we're super close. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's a good place to start. So your sister introduces you to someone via email and says, hey, this is my sister Mimi. She's looking for opportunities in this field, and I just thought you'd be a really great resource for her. That is the most ideal, or with anyone that you're meeting through these conferences, through this mentoring program. If someone else makes the connection for you, that is so helpful because the friend will respond to the email of the person that they know. They don't know Mimi. And so when your email comes through, they might not see it because they don't know you. But they'll click on your sister's email because they know your sister, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and assuming that she has good connections. So let's hope that she hasn't made anyone angry in the last year or two that she can keep introducing you to new people. Um, But that's Uh the ideal way to go is having somebody else introduce you. Then if you've got someone who, let's say they're really busy or they're, I I was going to say they're traveling, but right now no one's traveling. But sometimes people just are so busy You know, and you want to make it a little easier for them. Maybe it's someone who owns his own company and um, you know their time is precious. You want to make it a little bit easy for that person. So maybe you say, you know, can I uh, reach out to so-and-so and and tell them that you said it was okay? Or or maybe they'll tell you. They'll say, you know what, I'm really slammed right now, but I think you should reach reach out to, you know, Sarah. And you say, great, can I use your name? Make sure you get permission to use their name. And then you start a new email that says, hi, you know, my friend so-and-so said I should reach out to you because of your background. So then it's a little bit closer because you're still name dropping um, and that will help soften up that connection. So that way they will take the time to respond. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think um, it's 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 about being upfront too about like what your needs are. And yeah, I think for me, I have trouble like do I just beat around the bush or do I like well, say what I really want to say or, yeah. Yeah, I think the latter. I, I, why wouldn't you just say what you're interested in? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I and, know. It's it, it's true. It's like when you're dating and then you're like, what do you actually <laughs> really want from out of this? <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, networking and looking for a job is very much like dating. You know, there's some pleasantries yeah. involved, but eventually you got to know what you want. Um, and when you are networking, everyone's really busy. Everyone has their own jobs to do. So you want to be fairly concise. You don't right. want to be so bold that you say, hey, I want a job at your company. What you got? But you do want to be straightforward and be really pleasant and just say, you know, I'm, we met at this conference or we met at this seminar. And I just want to talk to you for 10 or 15 minutes because, you know, you, you said something interesting or I'm interested in your company. Do you have uh, 10 or 15 minutes? And actually, on my website, on the Job Talk Weekly website, on the blog, there is a post about how to do an introductory email in all these different scenarios. So I would say be as concise as possible. Don't be apologetic and just start building the network because you're not always um, looking for a job. You know, you're building relationships, professional relationships. Right. No, it's definitely true. Yeah. yeah, and and I, I think it sounds like you haven't had many years of experience doing this, so that's it's just your comfort level that you need to build up, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that will come with time. You'll get there. Yeah, and I think the more people I talk to, the more it'll flex that muscle, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you know the thing is, is that you will start to find the momentum the more you're out there. 
right? So you just got to keep talking to people. So it'll take time, but the more practice you have, the better you'll get at it. And then you'll realize, okay, this is what's working for me. And this is what's working for other people. You know, do people want a Zoom call anymore? Or are they happy to speak on the phone? And those are just little nuances that it'll be different for everyone. But just have an, uh, an understanding of what would be your ideal outcome, from this person? You know, do you want to work at their company or do you just want to hear more about their job? Maybe they've been in product design for 10 years and you're like, I just want to really hear more about what it's like. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to connect more with um, someone who works at a company that I would really like to work at, but he's also uh, very high up in the company. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and he's actually one of the mentors for this fellowship. And I'm just like thinking more about how I would go about it just because um, like I need more experience myself if I want to become like a product designer. And I'd probably, I would have to go like do a program or something or a boot camp. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of thinking now about like what would I want to how could this person help me get there, if that makes sense? Absolutely. So I think what you want to do is try and figure out, okay, here's the end game. If I was a product designer, um, what my job would be, and then look at your skills right now and think to yourself, okay, do I know if I have a gap? And if you know what that gap is, then figure out how to fix it. You know, is that a class? Is that a boot camp? What type of experience do you need to fill that gap? And then you can ask other people to how to help you get there. But if you're not sure what you need, that could be something that you're talking to people about. You could say, you know, here's my experience, and this is what I want to do. What would be your recommendations about the different types of trainings or classes that I might need to take? Because there's different types of people in this world. There are people who say, well, you got to have a full, you know, 12-month program. You need a certification. And there are people who are very, very big on the formal education. And then you have other people who just think experience is what does it. They're going to say, just get in there, get some internships, do some freelance work and roll up your sleeves and gain the job experience. But you've got to figure out what is going to be right for you in the field and how you want to, you know, what types of opportunities you might see that are appropriate for you. And then figure out, like, if three people say one thing and then only one person says another, say, okay, well, maybe now I have a better sense of what I need to get to where I want to go. Right. And I think for my personal, like how I learn, I think for me, I, I would really, I would want to do like a boot camp or some form of like learning in that space. I know that like what you said, like some people really resonate with colleges that sound fancy. And I have thought about doing that too. It's like, maybe I should just go to a, a school where, you know, has like a name recognition element to it. And instead of doing like a boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking more about that and how to go, like which one's the best for me. Yeah, and that's where you're really going to have to start asking some questions because I bet you a lot of different people will have different opinions on that. You know, you've already got some work under your belt. You've got some extension classes that you've taken. Maybe it is enough, but maybe it's not. And so you just want to be really clear 
on where you want to go and what is truly needed before you enroll in a long, expensive program um, to to get you to that yeah. new direction. You know, do a lot of research first and spend even a lot of time on the job boards and see what people are asking for. Have you done that yet? Have you started to just look around to see what these jobs require? Yeah, I think that these jobs don't necessarily, they're not like, some of them are like, go to uh, do like a master's program at HCI um, or do like, you know, some fancy thing, but then some are like, um, you need like three years of design experience, which, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people, some people don't even like look at which school you went to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just depends on the company and the level that you're at. Um, yeah. And that's what you could do. You could really just try for the next year. So we're entering 2021 now, you know, try it for a year based on the experience you have, doing some online boot camps and just adding to your skill set before deciding if you need to actually quit your job and enroll in a different program, because then you lose uh, money and you're adding to your expenses. And then, you know, you're out of the workforce for a little bit. It still might be the right route. But before you do that, just make sure that you spend a lot of time talking to people to get their professional opinion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to do that. That's excellent. Good excellent. Advice. Well, terrific. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. It was You're super welcome. helpful. Oh, I'm so glad. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Job Talk Weekly. If you like the podcast, and we hope you do, the best thing you can do is to subscribe and forward it to your friends. We'd love to hear what you think. So please rate and review us or send us a quick email to info at jobtalkweekly.com. See you next time.